Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, everybody. Today's an awesome day. That first video was for the Sounds Good unveiling. We would love to extend an invite to anyone here. You can go right on soundsgoodevents.com and you can RSVP. Uh, it's a free night where we present what the Sounds Good ministry does. City Life is huge um, supporter and empowering that. It's a music ministry. We make some of us uh, make hip hop music that are at City Life, and Rob G's kind of got like hip hop slash acoustic slash worship slash slash slash, and then we got Chanel, Ms. Reality, and then Trinity, and they're at a couple different uh, churches. And so we come together and we raise support. It's an adult night, uh, business casual, or just come as you are in a hoodie, just do whatever fits you. So that is August 19th at the Lansing Center. It is a powerful night. One thing we pray, and we hear this all the time, yeah, it's sweet. One thing we pray about is that you would come and be inspired in your life about what you you do because you get captivated by the dream and the vision that's before you. And so we hear, we hear all the time, I really believe something supernatural. I remember a guy came and he's a business owner and he said he was getting ready to close his business and he came to the unveiling and then decided after that he was going to invest $25,000 in sales training and learning. And today he's still going and growing all because he was just inspired to not give up. So something happens when you come and you just come in that setting. Uh, this morning we're talking about um, love. And we're talking about love the city and we are pointing to what we're going to be doing in September, which is for the one-year celebration birthday cake. We were actually trying to find out if we could set a world record something on that Sunday. So we're looking up world records. I don't know what world record we can set, but we're looking at world records we could set. Biggest cake, I heard that's a little bit too hard to set. They had this huge, tall cake that was in the cylinder, and they stacked all these cakes. And so I don't know if we're going to be able to set the world's largest cake, because we want to give some birthday cake for City Life turning one. I mean, we've been a toddler. We've had some crying in the middle of the night. We're walking. We're running. And it is just beautiful what God God is doing here at City Life. And then that first week, right after Labor Day, leading up to the September 11th for the birthday celebration, we're going to be raising money and taking all of the funds raised and then just blessing the city. We already have $3,500 raised from the Benjamin Michael Thompson Memorial Fund, and we're going to replace someone's deck. We're going to go to laundromats and buy people's laundromat. We're going to go to grocery stores and bless certain families that are in need. We're going to find ourselves helping in hospitals. We're going to buy 200 backpacks for inner city kids. We're going to do all these types of things to bless them. And that's real shiny. And it's like, wow, it sounds amazing. Gets us stirred up. I want to be a part. But I'll tell you what, if we miss what these last few weeks in this message today is a continuation of, then we've missed it all because it's like building a house, talking about buying some shingles, buying some siding and a door. And then you come and you have no foundation and you have no framing to put it on because it doesn't matter what we do if we have the inside wrong. It doesn't matter how much we build or successful and what people think or say, that is all a byproduct of who we are and who we are is whose we are. And so we are complete this morning. We are found in Jesus. We are so captivated by his love story. And we believe this, if you could just get a glimpse of how much he loves you, it's beyond anything you could dream, think, or imagine. And that would just lead to obedience and following him. And so we've always saw Jesus as, I have to, and I, I, uh, I have to obey these certain rules. And I remember going to church and they gave me a long list of things. It's like, come on, be captivated by the one who saw you so gross in your mess, still sees your messes, still sees your little misfit crying and your, and your uh, tamper tantrums you throw in your heart when something happens. And he sees all that and he says, you know what? I love you anyways. I'm going to give you my life in exchange for yours. But we got to do something. We got to lose ours. 
We can't hold on to ours. A lot of times we're like, we love the Savior, but we hate the Lord. We love him. We love the lamb, but we hate the lion. I mean, he's so cool when he's sacrificing for me, but when he tells me to do something and roar, it starts to change our uh, feeling and how we look at him. Hebrews chapter 10 is where we're at this morning, and we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And Hebrews 10 is where we're at because that's who we are. Check this out, this verse right here. It says, therefore, brothers, this is what we're doing. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, that word confidence Some of us have never felt confident about anything in our life. We have confidence to enter into the most holy places with God directly. If we could feel the gravity of just that thought, the gravity of what that means, it would transform us. Because we come to God with sin Throughout all of the pattern of humanity, we've had to have sacrifices for sin just to even get close to the presence of God. And then when Jesus shows up on the scene, there's no more millions of sacrifices for our millions of sin. There's one sacrifice that covers all of our past sins, all of our present sin, and all of our future sin. And we can go right in and say, Daddy, to God. So the orphan can say, Daddy, to God. We can come and we're found in the family of God by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart full of assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who is promised is faithful. Let us consider how to consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. That's us. We're meeting together this morning in hopes to stir us up to love and good works, to remind us of how different we are when we're in Christ, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Day drawing near means the ultimate ending. The ultimate ending is he's coming back and he rules and he reigns. The ultimate ending is we're not scared, we're not confused, we're not, lit- we're not crying, we're not pampering in the corner. He's coming back to rule and reign. It's like the ending when the giant just conquers, you know, like, or, I mean, I mean when, when, you know, Superman conquers all the bad guys. That's like, that's what happens. This is a giant, giant moment. That's so cool. Anyways, I just wanted to just kind of calibrate us. That, that is where we are this morning as a body of Christ. We are meeting together, stirring one another up to love. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 3 and 4. And uh, this is Paul writing to Timothy. Paul was radically transformed in the gospel. Walking Jesus shows up to him. And Paul was out killing Christians, and he was Saul at the time. So he's going around, he thinks that the Christians are mocking the true God and that they don't have, um, they don't have the full knowledge and they're, 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 they're minimizing the work of the prophets and, and they're blaspheming God. So he thinks his work is justified, it's under authority, it's commissioned. And so he's going to go out and rule and dominate. And it's so powerful to think that Saul meets Jesus can, Jesus calls him now Paul, and then he goes and he gives his whole life to the gospel, gives his whole life to the glory of God, gives his whole life to the mission and the work of what Jesus wants to do in him. And he writes this letter to one of his followers, and he calls his follower a son. I love it, because if you look it up in Greek and Hebrew, and you look it up in every little uh, commentary, you know what it means? It means son. It means that he's one of mine. 
And so when he's writing this letter, it's very intimate. All of the instructions in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy is very intimate. It's in a family setting in the context for us this morning that we can feel comfort there. So even as words may be challenging, it's in the context of family. And that's so important because when we hear challenging statements, sometimes we think it's in the context of to be in the family. I have to do this to be approved in the family. You're in the family, okay? And if you're not in the family yet, if you don't know Jesus, the curtain has divided you. The curtain's like, it's still holding you back. You just got to accept him because he broke that and you got to enter into him. And he is so amazing. Do that this morning. For real, lose your life. Let him have your life. Let him have your life. Somebody's hearing that this morning. Let him have your life. Let him have your life. And Christian, please, you've been walking with Jesus. For real, let him have your whole life. Come on, don't play a la carte with Jesus. He's not, he's just better. He's just better. Um, I, a quote that challenged me early on walking with the Lord is, you can give up what you, um, I'll give up what I dreamed of and God will give me more than I dreamed of. And another way I thought of it is that you can give up what you think you deserve because that's like our dreams. Give up what you think you deserve and God will give you more than you dreamed of. And sometimes what we've desired, I'm so happy he doesn't answer our prayers. If God would have answered my prayers, I remember early on thinking, man, maybe that girl I'm supposed to marry. And I'd pray, maybe I'm supposed to marry her. Maybe my ex-girlfriend, right? And I'd write, Jesus, please let me marry her. I'm so grateful that Jesus knew better and he let me marry Crystal. And let Crystal, and Crystal wanted to marry me. It was the coolest thing ever because he knew better. Somebody is here this morning. You have been trying to orchestrate your life. For real. You're the one on the throne. Knock it down. Let's go. Come on. Be, quit being on the throne. And let's look at this letter with in Timothy, as Paul's writing to one of his dear sons in the faith, verse three, it says, share in suffering as a good soldier. When we think of suffering, it's typically not associated with American Christianity. We hear messages that say God loves you, which is true. And God will give you a great life more than you dreamed of. Yes, it's true. But sometimes it's going to come with some suffering and pain and endurance and love is not always fuzzy. It's not what we feel. We throw it out so quick. This is what I feel like. This is what I love about this. Or here's what I like. And I only want to be around things that make me feel good. If we're constantly feeling good, sometimes we could be led astray. Because if we find ourselves in only a feeling relationship with God and not letting him wreck us because he's a good dad and he knows when to discipline us and he knows when to prune us and he knows when to challenge us, that we look to Jesus, he suffered, we will suffer. So love hurts, love is painful. And here's the most beautiful thing. Without love, we gain nothing. And if with love, we gain him, we gain everything. And he first loved us. So it's profound. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers are something that we can admire like their selflessness, their sacrifice, the fact that, especially in our country, we, we get to talk about Jesus freely because people have fought for freedom, if you will. And there is no winners in war. But in Christ, a soldier looks completely different. A soldier now is not looking on the external. A soldier is a good soldier and it finds themselves not good because of what they've done, good because on God alone. This whole year, maybe some of you weren't here for the Vision Sunday, which was on 
Feb, uh, February 14th, or it was on Valentine's Day. So we call it V-Day, Vision Sunday. And we talked about how when you drive through the city, you see the potholes and some of us, we post about it. And you see the broken houses. I read an article this week. There was 55 medical marijuana clinics. Everyone's just like, oh, you know, it was just all this, this, this ridiculous narrative. And 54% of African-American boys not graduating. And Lansing's in one of the top 100 cities for single parent homes. And Lansing for population under 200,000 was one of the, um, uh, it's one of the most violent cities in the nation. It's like, whoo, you start to get a little messed up. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you exactly how God sees it and how we're seeing it. We see it as a good report. We believe that dead things can come alive. We think that broken things can be made new because we're looking at the day drawing near, the ultimate ending. And so when we find ourselves, we partner with heaven as reconciliation agents of restoring for change and change happens. Anyone can come and partake in the party and celebrate when things are good. But who can be good in the midst of pain? That's what a suffering soldier does, a good soldier. A good soldier finds themselves giving up their own rights and their own likes and their own interests because now they want to be involved with their leader, Christ Jesus, who shows us the model, who shows us what suffering looks like, and it's beautiful. Verse four, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Civilian pursuits. Anybody get entangled in a couple of those this week? The job, find things in your heart that you're wrestling with. For me, it was as subtle as just getting online and I saw somebody rapping and I got a little jealous this week. I was like, why is this in my heart? I was praying and wrestling through that for the next hour because that was a civilian pursuit as subtle and little as it sounds is because a civilian pursuit is acting in such a way that they don't have a mission or they're assigned in something greater that there's not something more significant, that now is the only thing that matters. It's mine, it's now, me, how do I do this? This is me, I'm in charge, I want it, I feel, I'm going to find myself making this wrong right. And if the wrong doesn't get right, then somehow I'm not gonna feel fully satisfied. Completely different in Christ. We aim to please the one who has enlisted us. We believe that we're complete. We trust God with our weaknesses. When we're weak, we are strong. When I was singing that song, it was just making me bawl because that's the beauty of the good news of Jesus, that when I'm at my weakest point, I'm strongest in him. And when I'm trusting myself the least is when I can be fully surrendered to him. It's so beautiful. You can be a hard worker. You can be all engaged for your family. You can be a great citizen and still trust God and be weak along the way. So weak is not some frail thing in the corner. Weak is actually bold and strong and confident, not in our strength, but in the strength that it comes from. A soldier is so um, beautiful to me for, for several reasons. One of which though, is they give up their rights and their privileges and they en- enlist willingly. Now there has been drafts and people uh, have to enlist in an army or in a war unwillingly, but for the most part, people have enlisted willingly. And what they say is, I'm giving up my rights and I trust that you're going to lead me and tell me what I have to do for the sake of the mission, for the love of what I'm going to do for something greater. And see, hate can only go so far. Love suffers and endures in such a profound way. I heard a story about Mother Teresa and uh, the individual was over there and saw her feet were so, they were so mangled, so mangled. But they had all these shoes that people would send over there. And And so she could have had nice shoes, but she always had the worst shoes. Someone asked, hey, why does she have the worst shoes? And she said this, because, or they said this about her. 
that every person in, around her, she wanted them to have the nicer shoes, so she would always take the worst shoes, and it literally like, deformed her feet. The suffering was so bad, and she was so captivated by loving people on to her whole life that always putting others first. Now, we're not all can't be Mother Teresa, but I tell you what, we can start hearing that type of narrative more in our life. Sometimes I watch E60 just to get inspired by people that have went through a lot of adversity. People that have overcame challenges. Because you don't hear that message throughout the week. You hear the one that's very successful and moved up the ladder or, hey, I'm, you won the championship, I'm going to Disney World. Not the weak or made strong. That's the stories we gotta hear. That's why we come together. That's why we do not neglect meeting together because we wanna stir each other up to love and good works in Jesus. That's why we're here this morning. We have um, 12 interns we initiated this weekend. Check these faces out. And pull up this picture. And we named the internship All In. And Friday night, uh, we, we did an initiation. It was kind of like a, the Christian frat sorority hazing, if you will. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't anything crazy. But it was such a beautiful weekend because we commissioned them and challenged them. Scripture talks about that the laborers are few, but the harvesters are many. And we naturally want to be in a harvest state. Come on. If everything is producing fruit, we want to sit, we want to relax, we want to rest. But the laborers are few and they make way to the harvest. And so as a body here, when we see these individuals, we shouldn't see them as more special. We shouldn't see them as we're inferior or we're insecure that they're serving at a higher capacity. We should champion them because we share in what they're doing. They need your prayers. They need their encouragement. And we want to create a culture here that champions people that are willing to sacrifice for something greater because they want to keep the band together. That's one of our core values. Keep the band together. You know how hard it is to keep a band together? You know how hard it is to keep the church focused? Come on, one of our core values is we get pooped on and we clean porta-potties. What? Has to be. Because that just graphically shows what a servant means. World says power's top down. Jesus says power's at the bottom, get lower. No matter what happens, you find out what's in you when someone asks you to do something you don't want to do or you don't get your way, right? Because obedience is not, or submission is not just obedience. My kids, when I tell them something, they stop away sometimes. I'm like, come here, come here, come here, come here. Look, you can fail 100 times out of 100, but your heart has to be right. You got to check your heart. God is looking for submissive hearts, not just obedient individuals. Because you could do the right things and have the wrong heart along the way. These individuals, they decided they're gonna go all in. Think at the poker table when you have all your chips, like all in. I'm giving up my rights, I'm giving up my privileges and I'm gonna go all in and I'm gonna say, hey, you guys lead me, you guys challenge me, you strengthen me, we're gonna do some offsites at businesses and corporations and these individuals are gonna learn scripture. It was so cool seeing hearts get knitted this weekend. Tears get shed and what God's doing. And I want to thank you as a, as a family here to believe in people so much that you want to create a culture that allows interns to serve, to learn, and to learn on the fly and to get messy and make mistakes. So when you see these faces, just say something like, I'm proud of you. It's one year long. There's four quarters. The first quarter, they just learn how to be. Put on the white belt, enter the karate class, and just learn. The second quarter is to do. Pro come prolific at being a doer. Get stuff done. Third quarter would be, are you an owner? Like, do you take ownership? John 10 talks about how Jesus, in the midst of an attack from a wolf, the great shepherd will lay down his life, but the hired hand will quickly leave. 
And then the fourth quarter would be dream. What has God placed in their heart to either bloom where they're planted or be sent for something glorious? And that is so cool. And God's gonna do something in these 12 lives that are gonna serve us and serve this city. So I just wanna champion that. Come on, let's give it up for them. We, um, as a family here, as we're getting ready to kind of close and here shortly is uh, we have the opportunity to go all into. We gave everyone a dog tag and it has all in, it has everyone's name on it. And all in is, is not meaning that you're fully engaged in your time and you're working 600 hours a week. All in is meaning that you really lost your life and you let someone else lead it. We'll let people lead it for a paycheck. But what about for all of eternity? To count the cost. To count the cost. Submission, to count the cost. I remember being at 12 years old, I, got, I stole, a, I stole a, a magazine from Quality Dairy in Mason. And I had $200 cash on me, which for 12 years old, that's a lot of money. I had a lot of cash because I was selling baseball cards. So I'd trade baseball cards and I'd sell them. For whatever reason, I wanted this magazine, but I did not want to spend $5 of my own money. Someone in the parking lot saw me and they ran inside and they told, and then I, they came out and uh, anyways, I, cops come, I get arrested at 12 outside. They wanted to make it like, you know, a big deal. And I called my parents and stuff. And I remember when I looked at Quality Dairy differently. This is a lame, low-level example for maybe you, but this was actually really deep for me. Is once I came into Jesus, I walked into the store that I got arrested at at 12, and I remember one time I, I had a bunch of pop bottles or whatever, and I took them all, and they were like, um, and I was very submissive. Once I learned submission, I realized I don't run quality dairy anymore. So when I used to come in here, and I remember we dropped stink bombs one time, don't do any of this stuff for the record, okay? So any kids, this is so lame, Okay. I went through wars that you shouldn't and other people went through wars that you shouldn't. Come on. The, greater, the high road's way much better. And they said, they, they asked me, how many pop bottles do you have? And I was like, uh, don't you want to count them? They're like, no, what do you have? And I remember that verse came to mind. A good name is to be chosen more than silver and gold. I thought it was so cool because as I came in that place, not looking to rule that I was above it, where I used to look that I was above it, I would be reckless and just do, partake of it for anything that I wanted for my gain. That now I came in with a posture like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. How do you, where do you want me to stand? I'll wait. I'm on your schedule. I came in here. You're, you're the one with authority. You have the name tag on. And as I am really submitting to him, aiming to please the one who's enlisted me, I'm submitting to you in this particular setting. And I thought it was so cool that they just trusted whatever pop bottles I told them. And I told them the exact amount. And it was a beautiful moment for me because God does things in your heart and it transforms the life around you. Because when, here's the beautiful thing. He went all in for us, let's go all in for him. God is all in for us, so we are all in for him. That's us this morning, that's us. We're all in. And so when we grab our hearts and we submit differently, it's worth it. When we lead differently, it's worth it. When we go all in differently, it's worth it. When we lose our lives, it's worth it. Luke 15 is a powerful story where Jesus has a crowd watching him.
verse, the slide picks up in verse three. I'm gonna pick it up in verse one here. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. Scum, lowlife, outcast in the world are drawing near to Jesus. What's he got to say? This man's captivating my attention. In the Pharisees and the scribes, the teachers, the good ones, that everybody thought knew everything. They had the external down. They had the outside down. They had everything glowing and showing. This is probably the best compliment anyone could receive is the next sentence here. This man receives sinners and eats with them. That's what the Pharisees said about Jesus. What a compliment. What would the Pharisees say about us? Or are we finding ourselves, there's a Pharisee in all of us, we gotta clean out too. And Jesus tells them a parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. City life exists. I was reading some of the uh, early plant material when we launched, and it was inspiring me because it was reminding me. City life exists not to be a church to reach the people that are already being reached, but to reach the people that aren't being reached. That's why we exist. So if you relate to being a tax collector or a sinner, welcome. Because Jesus is telling you a story. And if you're one of the shepherds here that's want to please the one that enlisted you, well, Let's go find his sheep. Because one doesn't matter. One sheep is just so insignificant because, I mean, it's so small. It's just one. It doesn't matter unless it's your one. When you read a uh, newspaper article like maybe East Lansing Water, uh, does anyone live in East Lansing here? Anyone? No one? I've got like a handful. So you've been, you've been out, you know, making sure you can't boil your water. And for me, I live like a few houses away from East Lansing. So I remember reading it thinking, that's, man, I mean, I pray for them, but thank God it's not me. <laughs> that's our first thought for everything. Thank God it's not me, unless it's yours. Man, they lost a sheep. Wow, they lost a family member. Wow, that country's struggling with stuff until it's yours. The heart of God says, care about the one. The heart of God says, this is our family. All sheep matter. The heart of God says we are one for the one. We are one in him with our shepherd for the one and we are gonna find that one. And that one matters so much. Andy Stanley always says, do for one what you wish you could do for all. That's success. Because the one does matter to God and the one therefore matters to us and then the one is important. And so hopefully that gives us a different perspective into our jobs. It gives us a different posture when we look at our family and our kids and how God wants to see them and how we handle when somebody makes a mistake and how we encourage somebody and celebrate when they're having a great victory because Jesus rejoices in the lost things. And truly this is where we land is that all this would be us saying in action, we wanna live loved. We wanna live loved. And so when we go to our one year celebration and we're doing all these cool um, things, the essence of it is to live loved. That's it. We're not trying to love to be loved. We're just living love because we're already loved. So cool. 
Come on, it's so, so beautiful. It's so amazing. And Jesus' grace still wrecks me to this day um, how much he would love me and allow me to be a part of what he's doing. And that's why we're coming together for Unite on Midweeks because we wanna live loved and challenge each other. That's why we're grabbing some interns and we're saying, hey, let's clean them. Let's teach them. Let's train them. Let's teach them some of our core values. Let's teach them things that we've learned that can help us. Let's deal with some of the issues in our heart. And I pray that you would be with us on this journey in this next season. You'd run the marathon with us and you'd find your place and your role and you would submit and surrender and give up uh, your rights and ownership. And you would say yes to aim to please the one that's enlisted us. And that's so cool. And so these dog tags just signify a reminder of that, a reminder to be all in, to take all my chips and say I'm in, to be all in and say, God, you're worth it. When I lose my life, I find it. When we hear verses like greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that's to comfort us. That's to tell us that this world can't give us. We will see glimpses of it, so we'll want it. We'll be naturally drawn to it, and that's that certain things, but it's a battle to use it in its proper context for the ultimate ending, the ultimate ending. That's what it's about. And so as believers here, and if you're not a believer, I pray something happened today, that you would hear stories of me getting arrested and think, wow, God can do something in him. Maybe he can do something in me. And it's true. He can do something in you. And for the other person that probably was like, wow, that's a crazy story. I have way worse ones. And, um, and God still loved me and he loves you. And so it's so cool. The gospel is amazing. It's the great calibrator. It's the great center. It's the great equilibrium for us all. It is, if you're hanging a picture, it is the level. So when we sing cornerstone, it's the modern day leveler, right? It's a laser level and it helps make sure the picture is exactly perfect because we need Jesus Let's pray. And we're going to take an offering. And then today we're going to do two songs at the ending because we have enough time. We're going to do two songs at the ending because I want us to live loved and I want us to get excited about who he is. I want to give, uh, carve out some time in a moment here. And I want to pray for us. And I want to do just something real quick. If you just grab your, just, just your heart, wherever you, just boom, just put your hand in your heart and say, Jesus, lead me. Come on, lead me, guide me. I enlist, I'm all in for you. I surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. I was getting this picture, like God was pouring bleach in people and they're just like mad because it's hurting a little bit. They're like, wow, that feels uncomfortable. I don't really want him to leave me. So they're shaking like this a little bit. I set a personal record for planking the other day. Lacey would have been proud. She taught me proper form of how to plank. And, uh, and I was, my arms were shaking because I was going for a while. It hurt, but I was planking and I was getting past the surface. When you let God clean you, it's going to hurt. But it's going to hurt so good. It's going to hurt so good. So d- don't mistake that feeling for condemnation. That feeling is conviction. That feeling wants to lead to change so that you will be faithful and fruitful in Jesus. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.